What is up and welcome to the Beware the Bay podcast today. We're going to be talking about an epic win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, what we've loved from the game, and what it's going to take to top the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. All that and more on today's podcast. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank and I am joined as always by my co-host Brandon Uncle B. Ricketts. Joined finally. Uh, he had a little traffic, man, um, and so you know I had to go it alone for a little while, but excited he's here. We are recording on the Wednesday after another dominant win, this time against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, I am still pumped from Sunday, and I can't wait to get into my one word and my immediate reaction. It's, uh, it's actually two words. I'm cheating. It's about time. About time. Okay, listen. It is about time that we play like we're capable. It's about time that we beat down a team that we're slated to beat town, right? Like it's we it's about time we we lose to the Giants when we're supposed to beat them. We snuck out a win against the Cardinals, you know, when we should have destroyed them. And then but against Jacksonville, you know, I came in feeling confident and we left the, you know, the game feeling confident as well. It was just an absolutely, like you said, dominant performance. And for me, I, I just think it, it's finally, I feel like we're finally here in some ways where the team has begun to round the corner. You know, I think we'll get a really good test um, this weekend against the Colts. You know, they, they're, they're no slouch. It's it's a good team. They've got a, a great, you know, offensive line and our pass rush will, will probably be going up against one of their toughest matches um, this season, but I, I really think that the Bucks have it in them. And just a little sneak peek to my preview of, uh, to really compete um, with the Indianapolis Colts. And you know, it's I, I just say, man, it's about time. So many times, as a Bucks fan, you know, we go into a game where we're supposed to win. We have all the confidence in the world. We build the lead, and then we blow the lead. And um, you know, I saw this tweet, Brandon. Um, from the play reaction and uh, you know rest in peace right I mean shed a tear for that guy I loved his YouTube channel and uh, he had to stop so he's a retired YouTuber uh, can you believe that that's a that that's that's a job <laughs> like you know like 50 years ago uh, oh yeah he's a retired YouTuber anyway um, but he, he put out a tweet that uh, it was like hey we're up 25 at half but no lead is ever safe with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and so you know, I um, I'm just happy that we were able to pull it out. I'm happy that um, that the Bucks got a win, and it's about time that we start playing up to our capacity. And and so, um, you know, without further ado, um, do we want to hop into maybe some of the lows uh, before we hit uh, quite a few of the highs? Lows, lows, lows. Are we talking about the home improvement store, or are we talking <laughs> about like closing? It? Okay, uh, the low. I would go to the defense just for a little bit, and I'm not going to, you know, rag on them too much. But they let the Jacksonville Jaguars get into this game. Um, you know, I don't know if it was just because they were prepared for um, Nick versus um, Robert. Um, it just those two guys are, are two different play styles, granted. Um, so we weren't expecting to dominate them like we did, mm -hmm. which is fine with me. But at the same time, you have to be prepared be prepared for the next guy up if they're going to pull him, which they ended up doing. And did you mm -hmm. hear that crowd? I mean, you heard it on TV. That crowd oh, went wild when, when he entered that game. So to me, it was just like, it was like, whoa, you know, but then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, they let it touchdown. And then another, and I'm just like, oh boy, mm. like here we go again. So I'm, mm -hmm. you know, it, 
no no lead is safe in the NFL like like it was said and it's been said numerous times through through every league but the bucks have been really like history buffs of blowing leaves going back mm-hmm. to the 2003 Indianapolis Colts against Paint oh. and Paint Manning and Tony Dungy. Sorry. Don't want to bring oh, that up, God. but it hurt. Oh. That really hurt and it and right before we're oh. about to play the Colts, you know, that's just mean. That's that's really rude to Bucks fans <laughs> everywhere. How how could you oh. do this? No, well, no, I, no. Yeah, I'm I'm rubbing some salt into a wound right now. Sorry guys, you it's know. True, but it's hey. true. It's <laughs> true. It's true. You you as a Bucks fan, we have become conditioned almost to kind of sit on pins and needles and really be never be really like completely um convinced that we won until it hits double zeros triple zero you know what i mean like it has to be the very end of the game and the other team not have any more snaps left for me to really truly believe that the bucks won a football (laughs) game so listen man Uh, i'm with you that i was a little bit i was a little bit sad that we we didn't come out in the second half and just kind of you know step on their throats and just you know completely obliterate them um of course we did you know dominate them but the offense you know only produced uh, another three points and then we allowed jacksonville back in and if it weren't for a clutch uh, interception on the goal line they would have been within a score you know what i mean so um, it was definitely a lot closer than it needed to be and don't get me wrong a lot of that interception went on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they uh, probably poor play calling on their end, mm-hmm. um, which could have been devastating for us because that could have kept them in the game even more, gave them more of a uh, push to finish the game. But that that interception right there in the at the goal line definitely uh, sealed the deal for them and probably just, you know, put the nail in the coffin, you know, mm-hmm. so... But again, that you and I, you and I had talked about it earlier in the or during the game. That w- that was kind of poor play calling on that side of the ball. So, mm-hmm. but hey, we got the job done. Um, but that was my low was the roughness of letting them back in the game. Yeah, I'm with you. I I agree, and I think you know my low was it's they're probably potentially a little bit nitpicky, um, but let's we'll get through the lows so that we can talk about the highs because i don't know about you man but i've got i've just got so many we probably don't have enough time to talk about all of them but um just let me hit a couple of these lows um i would say it was kind of a weird day for our top two wide receivers don't you think i mean oh i i think that was a low you know evans with four receptions for 53 yards and godwin with four receptions for 50 yards you know that's just kind of a pedestrian game it was just weird i I, i'm not used to seeing that yeah but you also have the thing about the coverage that jacksonville plays they play a different coverage and they're also you know so to me you know it wasn't too surprising but they probably Mm -hmm. covered you know godwin and evans a lot better than most teams had during the year but it definitely brought out someone that we're going to talk about a little later oj howard who hello welcome to the nfl brother welcome back you know um, just a little thing, you know, just a little things like that for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And, and then I guess right on the same vein, just kind of a weird thing. I don't, I don't really know that it's as, as much of a low as maybe in, in some previous weeks, but Rojo, you know, the official story on, on him from BA was that he missed a blitz protection and then he sat him for the rest of the game. And at first I was like, that doesn't make any sense because we have a quarterback who is, I, I think still leading the lead in interceptions. 
You know, we have um, a left tackle who was paid a, a handsome sum of money this offseason and who's gotten our quarterback killed for, you know, one of the league-leading amount of sacks. We have, uh, you know, uh, O.J. Howard who's dropping balls. Granted, he did have a little bit of a punishment, you know, coming out of the game in Camp Bray that one time. But, I mean, we have all these other players who have done really stupid stuff and then not necessarily been – I mean, this was probably the most aggressive – form of accountability that BA has had thus far. He took Rojo out and he sat him for the rest of the game. Now, as I got to thinking about it, I almost think like, well, that actually makes a lot of sense now because the game was really never in doubt, was it? I mean, no. you, you didn't you didn't need Rojo. And so this was the perfect time to teach Rojo a lesson in some ways. I, I still don't know if that was the whole reason, but anyway, what did you think about that? That was kind of weird. Um, I, I don't know, like, when, during the game, you know, he wasn't producing like he had been. Um, and then he did miss that that tackle that ended up getting Jameis sacked. Um, but later the, in the week after the game, um, Bruce has come out and said, you know, he's still my running back. Which mm-hmm. to me, it's I'm fine with, you know, he is, your, he is our young guy on the team. And he is, probably mm-hmm. is our future running back for right now. We're not going to have to go out and draft another running back anytime soon. Um, it's, but he's not a, like uh, um, these guys that you see that are running up, you know, almost fifteen hundred yards already during the season. You know, it's it's some some guy that's just who's gonna be, get there and run the ball and break tackles. He's mm-hmm. got he's a guy that's a break the tackle. That was a lesson for him, and I'm kind of glad Bruce did it. You know, he goes, hey, you know, son, you missed your assignment. You're gonna sit the rest of the game now because that quarterback that you're you're playing behind he's got to be healthy too. Mm-hmm. So if he's not healthy, you're going to get some guy who can barely hand you a ball. I'm not knocking Ryan Griffin either. Cause you know, we haven't seen him hardly play a snap since preseason, but still, right. That's the only, you know, I think what coach did was to better Rojo versus mm-hmm. punishing him. If, if that makes sense, you know, it, it, it was a learning lesson for learning lesson versus a punishment. Right. And I think I, I heard somebody from either Peter Report or uh, it, it might have been uh, Real Box Talk. They were talking about how, you know, Rojo was he, he definitely outperformed Peyton Barber and won the starting job. It wasn't handed to him. He he took it. But in some ways, you know, I feel like and, and this is what they were saying, that the coaching staff would like to see him elevate his game to an even better level. You know what I mean? So with uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, he's gotten a lot better. And this is what they were talking about on that podcast. But one of the things that I've noticed that still hasn't gotten better, I mean, it's it's really almost bad, is his his blitz pickups in some ways. And he, you see it. I mean, they're still trotting Dario Gumboale out on third down. Why? Because they can't trust either of the other backs to accurately pick up blitzes. I mean, I've seen I saw sometimes Brandon where um you know Rojo misidentified it went to the left side the left side was completely fine like it was totally blocked up and then you know somebody comes screaming from the right side this is the kind of stuff yeah. I think that they're probably trying to get out of his system and, and say hey listen uh, young blood you need to go back and practice and and get better at identifying this stuff or you're not going to play and I thought I oh, thought it was sure. good in kind of retrospect yeah and you know this goes back to the days when doug martin was with us you know Mm -hmm. doug martin was kind of just like rojo you know he was you know he would bounce off players and go you know go for big yardage but he couldn't block and i think that was a big deal for uh doug was he just couldn't 
he couldn't pick up the blocking for on third down, mm-hmm. and that's why he never became a third down back for us. Uh, even though you know the media was like, "Oh, well, he's a third down back. He's a third down back. He's a third down back when you need him in the red zone, but not when you need him for pass blocking." Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a difference there. You know, there's a difference when you're in the red zone and when you're pass blocking, and you got to be able to do both. And absolutely, that's what that's what he's got to learn. So. All right, and, I think, and I, think I think he'll get here. I, I think he'll get there. And this season, we've seen so much improvement from so many different uh, players that this coaching staff, um, they I think they know what they're doing. And Bruce has a really good group of guys there that are, are really investing into these players. So I think it'll happen, but um, it's good to happen, in especially a game like that where it's already a blowout. You know, you're not really worried about the game. Um, and so I guess without further ado, do you want to jump into uh, some of the highs? Oh, dude. I think everyone was high on this game, like everyone. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, how could you not? But yeah, let's 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 dive on to it. Absolutely. Well, I guess you know because I'm starting here. I'm going to take the most obvious one. It's the defense. It is the defense. We got a defense in Tampa Bay. We got a defense in Tampa Bay. I did, I didn't know this. I mean, it it was incredible, and they really they just. Picked up right where they left off from last week, man. Uh, for the second week in a row, they they made my highs list, and they deserve it. The D-line notched five sacks. Shaq had two, which um, I believe either gets him the league high or he's tied for the league high in sta- um, sacks at 14.5, which, by the way, Brandon, he is inching closer and closer to Warren Sapp's single-season record for the franchise. Uh, he's so. going to get He's going to get it. He's got he's four gonna games. He's going to get it. He's, he's going to get, get it. it. I'm, it's I'm calling awesome. it now. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. I mean, end he's of story. I mean, I think, you know, uh, Michael Strahan's sack record of 22 and a half or whatever it is, I think that one is a little rigged in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to leave that there. That's for a Giants fan to come yell at me for, <laughs> but we're all Bucks fans. But, yeah, I think he definitely will definitely uh, beat Sapp's record, who, by the way, uh, you know, was a lineman versus a line, you mm-hmm. know, linebacker. So, you know, there's there's that too. So, you know, I'm not throwing that out there, but just it's that. it's definitely an interesting comparison. Of course, you know, now with um linebackers or outside linebackers or especially in the 3-4 scheme or or defensive ends and you know the way Shaq lines up is is uh, a lot of the time with his hand in the dirt, but like you said, it's it's really impressive to see what he's been able to do. Um but of course, Sap was just a dominant force and so this is this is of course no um, a shade on on Sap, he was totally, completely looked over for the NFL uh, 100 list, and that is just a crime. I'm sorry, uh, he is oh. one of the best defensive tackles, and I think he deserves on that list. I don't are know who you take. Are we going? I, are we going there? I am. I am. I don't know who you okay. take off. I don't know who you take off, but they're not putting in like a, a specific amount of defensive tackles or, or I mean, there were like what, like 15 linebackers or something crazy, um, you know. So I think. There was only seven that they put in. They probably they should have put in more. Either way, but anyway, that's beside the point. I'm get, 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 let me get back to my original point here. The, the defense, the linebackers, and the secondary, they played incredible coverage, reeled in two picks. One was a beautiful, like, veteran move play by Devin White. Of course, he's he's a rookie, and so it's incredible he could even do this. He baited Nick Foles into throwing it that way. It was, so, it was like Derek Brooks-esque, and of course – I'm not saying he's Eric Brooks. I'm just saying it was esque. Um, it, it it had shades of that, and and man, he's turned into an awesome player. And and we'll talk about him a little bit more. But and then Sean Murphy Bunting coming up with that 
clutch interception on the goal line to stymie the Jaguars. Now he almost ruined it. <laughs> he yeah. almost ruined it. Uh, you know, he should have just kneeled down, but at least uh, the, his teammates helped him out and drug him out of the end zone. Um, that would have been a heartbreaker. But anyway, <laughs> back to back to what I was saying. We also forced two fumbles, um, and we recovered those, one of which was housed by none other than Devin White, and uh, the other one um, was picked up I believe by uh, was it Dadama Kinsu. Um, either way, just the reality is is that our defense, if they keep playing like this, man, they're playing confident, they're playing fast, they are dominating. Jameis doesn't have to be spectacular for this team to win football games. Oh, I mean, you said we, it. Oh, you went there. I well, oh, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, um, he, and of course, he played a, a rather pedestrian game himself. Uh, but other than the blindside fumble, you know, he he didn't throw any picks and he didn't have to play spectacular for the Bucks to be in good position. I don't think that's a hot take. I think it's just smart that if our defense plays that dominant, you know, we it was kind of like um, I believe it was it was either Warren Sapp or somebody. He said, you know, just just give us like. 17 or 15 points and we'll win the game for you and that talking about their defense back in the Super Bowl era when you have a defense that does play dominantly um, you don't necessarily have to have superheroes on offense and just imagine if we could couple this you know uh, dominant defensive play of late with a high-powered offense that we've seen at, at times in the season I'm just saying it's this is why my one word was about time because this team is capable. It is capable of of going to the playoffs. Maybe not this season, but I would definitely say that we have the talent and the coaching to be able to do that. Okay, that was my rant. Give me your thoughts playoffs. on Playoffs. Talk about <laughs> playoffs like that. Playoffs. Oh, that's that's been a word that's been tossed around too much this week here in Tampa. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. I mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of ifs and buts before we start going that road of playoffs. I mean, there's a lot that needs to happen. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, um, but no, um, so, okay, so let me go to my high and you know, I, you know, we're always high on Jameis or we're always, you know, we're never like hating on Jameis here. You know, we always, you know, we're, we have our, we have a love hate relationship (laughs) as Bucks fans because he's a turnover machine. However, that guy, you know, he got frustrated, but he didn't pull like, team and be like hey you know i'm doing my job here he really came together as a leader and that was really a good good showing for him as a leadership standpoint in my opinion i don't know about you but just a leadership wise coming from a team that was dominating on offense struggling a little bit on offense but he was still out there showing you know and they kept going down the field like they were supposed to so to Mm -hmm. me it wasn't like a cam newton situation where he would cam newton would start getting frustrated put a little towel on his head and go pout it off you know Mm -hmm. on the sideline you know Jameis, he would look over the play and you know he would talk it over with the coaches and he went back out there on the next Mm -hmm. drive pretended that fumble never happened and kept playing you know he did it in the game before where he threw those two interceptions kept his mind in it and we still won the game Mm -hmm. you know so to me i think it was good leadership you know, it was just, I, I think it was just full round leadership. That's something that we haven't seen from him in the last couple of seasons where I think Bruce is, like you said a couple of weeks ago, Bruce is finally rubbing off on him where mm-hmm. leadership wise, he's finally getting 
earning that cap that captain patch that he's had on his jersey since 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 he's been a rookie and he's finally earning it in my opinion mm-hmm. well and and I, I think i wouldn't disagree at all and the reality is is he didn't play a great game but we were in it the whole time we were able to move the ball down the field and like i said he didn't have to play a great game um and and maybe that great's not the the right word i mean when you drive your team down and you put them in a position to score twice on run plays, that means you've just been you just dominated. You know what I mean? You've gotten at least on one play, gotten all the way down to the goal line. They're probably not going to throw it. You know, you're probably not going to get the touchdown toss there. And so you, you you can't just look at the stats. And I'm not saying you are, but the the general you, you can't just look at the stats and go, oh well, James, no touchdowns. Uh, fumble, I, you know, it's just another Jameis game. No, I really, I, I was confident behind the arm of Jameis Winston in this game, and I think, uh, like, like I said, when you, when your defense is constantly giving you a short field, that's great too. I'll take it, man. Uh, it's complimentary football, as cliche as that is, it is, and you know, we played a, an awesome, especially first half of football. You know, going up first twenty-five shirt. to zero, and honestly, we we had the opportunity to go down and score a touchdown there. Um, or maybe get a little bit closer towards the very end, um, you know, if not for a penalty. So we really pushed the ball down the field and were dominant in the first half. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, and so uh, why don't we go on to our next high? Yeah, let's do it. I I want to give Mr. Devin White, a future rookie of the year, his due. Um, I went there too. I, I think he, he can put together a convincing campaign if he continues to play at the clip he's been playing the last few games. Of course, he missed a few games in the beginning, so he's got a disadvantage as far as statistics. Uh, but man, he's making them up in a hurry. And this game was no different. He had a game, one interception, one fumble recovery, one touchdown, seven tackles, and one solo tackle. First, and by the way, first of all three of those categories, those first fantastic. three categories, first of his career first fantastic many more right many more and um i think my favorite part of the whole game brandon oh by the way bucks fans you have to go watch the mic'd up if you didn't watch the mic'd up they finally got it right they they mic'd up devin white and all games they mic'd him up and they got the right person this time around um but um because i always think it's funny because sometimes you know this this guy is going off so then they mic him the next game and then they do terrible um (laughs) so they finally got it right and the whole game he is in leonard for head i mean he sunned him to next week he was all up in his face he even said after the game he said listen i was just saying look i'm a big boy i'm in the league now and you're gonna hear about me i was like oh praise oh praise we guys we have a linebacker a stud at linebacker uh for this season and into the future i was hype i was hype what do you what did you think man oh man i he's been hyping the league or the team up really i mean since the hold on, I'm just, I'm gonna get it right. The Cardinals game, okay, the <laughs> game that I went to, okay. I said Washington last week like three times, so I'm not gonna lie. But the Cardinals game that I went to, when they, he was hyping the team up like mm-hmm. pre pre game warmups. You know, he finally, you know, he was getting that leadership mentality. You know, only game for you know the first home game on the road from the road, and like finally getting you know people pumped, and then we're seeing the production on the field. It's beautiful Mm -hmm. i mean this guy is balling out and you said he is looking rookie of the year candidate for sure i don't i don't see him winning it 
there's probably too many old old guys in that room that's going to vote non you know nonchalantly for the other people but i definitely think if it was come down to the fans voting we would be able to get devin white rookie of the year mm-hmm. for and, sure and and what i i and i, I want to make sure i didn't misspeak defensive rookie of the year so okay you know, defensive I mean, rookie okay yeah defensive rookie of the year because it, it it definitely gives them a better chance you know most likely um, often, you know, r- generally rookie of the year is just one of those, man, I hate to call it a popularity contest. I was very, well, let's, let's rewind it back. Jameis Winston should have been the rookie of the year, or at least the offensive rookie of the year when it was his, his rookie season. And, um, and Todd Gurley ended up winning it. And from my perspective, I don't know what everybody else thinks, but it seemed really convenient that L- the Rams had just moved to LA. That was a great little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a promotion for the LA Rams, the brand new, you know, city of the NFL. And so I was pretty ticked off back then, but listen, I'm just, I'm just pulling up old wounds. What am I doing here, guys? Um, so, uh, anyway, on to the next thing. Um, I, I want us to talk about a little bit, the unsung heroes of the game. You want to talk about that, Brandon, the unsung cool. heroes, uh, your, your boy, your, your son, Brichard Perryman, he went off. Oh. Come on, T- tell tell us about it, Brandon. <laughs> Listen, my guy, he had a day, and he finally, finally, I've never seen so many tweets about a young man or, you know, a wide receiver who literally looked like trash the rest of the season. And after his terrible performance a couple weeks ago, I really thought that was it for him. I thought we were going to cut him. I thought he was going to get waived or whatever. Um, but he didn't. He stayed with the team. I think that was probably wise because where were we going to get another wide receiver just in case something happened with Mike and Godwin? But that man, he had a day. And it was, that guy was playing lights out football. I had, I was like, oh, who is this guy? Who's wearing that 19 jersey that Keyshawn used to wear? Oh, wait, that's not Keyshawn. No, sir. <laughs> he's he's catching these balls way better than Keyshawn was. <laughs> and he was playing great football. I, I'll tell you what. I, I felt so proud of myself. I was like, I wiped mm-hmm. a little tear of crying. I'm so proud well, of my ball. Listen. <laughs> Both of our guys, right? OJ Howard, my my man, my my guy went off too. He finally went off. He was making a few catches that honestly they were just spectacular. They were on par with the first round billing, you know, that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was a player that they they drafted out there on the field this week. He ended up um, on the day with uh, 61 yards on five catches. Perriman had 87 yards on five catches. So. And then uh, Peyton Barber had two touchdowns. Just a weird day, right? I mean, we've we've been it's been the Mike Evans or the Chris Godwin show every other week. It seems like, and um, with Rojo emerging, it was just weird to see these guys who don't usually get in the mix uh, for the offensive statistics and as many targets and touches. They were going off, man. It was awesome to see. Oh yeah, it was. I it was good to see. And then, um, not to mention Carlton Davis. I mean, he had himself a day too. I mean. He was another unsung hero, you know. Uh, I I was like, man, I was like, Carlton is actually finally playing like he's supposed to. And I kept looking. I'm like, there's no way that was Carlton. And I'm like, oh, that was Carlton. So to me, it's just like every time, you know, you look, it was he was doing what he was supposed to. He was getting to his assignment, and he was making those tackles like he was supposed to. So it was great to see from uh, Carlton Davis as well. Yeah, I mean Sean Murphy Bunting too. He had a he had a couple great plays. He's actually played pretty good the last couple of weeks. And I'm telling you, I 
I, it was funny, I asked a question on the Real Bucks Talk uh, podcast, and I feel like I was onto something, but I just wasn't there. And my question was about, you know, the preseason, it seemed like our guys were just playing with so much speed and confidence, not specifically Sean Murphy Bunting, but the secondary. I mean, we remember this. It felt like, man, we've got a defense. They were getting to quarterbacks. And of course it was preseason. But, you know, in, in some ways in my head, I was thinking, well, is this a scheme thing? Have we, were we more exotic then than we are now? And they, what they said on the podcast was, no, that we're not more exotic. It's the same thing. It's just a matter of confidence and execution. And I think that is totally right. Kudos to those guys. Love their podcast um, because it, it, it's it, it really is true. I think the guys are the most confident they have been all season. Devin White is playing with an extreme amount of confidence. You got guys in the the secondary like uh, Jamel Dean before he was hurt, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting. They're all playing with with incredible confidence. And in some ways, confidence and execution can make up for experience or even talent in some ways. You know, if you're in the right spot and you've committed, you know, and you know it, you've done your work on your tape study and you're confident that you can make the play, sometimes that just eclipses, you know, the the raw talent. And I think uh, in some ways our guys are very green, they're very new, they don't have a lot of experience and they're still developing. But man, we've seen some of the best games out of our secondary and our, and our whole coverage unit, uh, man. And I'm just really proud of those guys especially, like you said, the unsung heroes. Yeah, man. Yep. All right. So I, is that enough highs? I think so. I think we need to start moving on to our week this week, our next home game, the horseshoe that is on the side of their helmets. These guys <laughs> had the had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Now they have one of the greatest kickers of all time who is slightly just tearing up his probably his last season, in my opinion. I'm talking about the Indianapolis Colts. And, folks, I'll tell you what. These guys are kind of a team that you can't mess around with, really. I mean, they're they're good, but they're plagued by injuries. I mean, like, we're talking about down from their quarterback to their running back, Marlon Mack, who mm-hmm. if you're you're from the Tampa Bay area, you've seen him play in or USF. And that man, I thought, should have came to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Not going to you know burn any wounds there but regardless this team is good so we can't sleep on this game this game the bucks have to play like they played the last two games and they have to come out firing um it they don't have andrew luck so yeah Mm -hmm. it's different but jacoby Bursett, he's a good quarterback don't Mm -hmm. sleep on him he's a good quarterback he knows systems he can i mean what they're doing out there in indy right now is pretty good i think if they if uh, Brissett had all off season to prepare as QB one, they could easily be running for that mm-hmm. AFC North title right mm-hmm. now. Just yeah, my opinion. And, and instead, they're kind of in a fight for their lives. You know, they're they're really they're reeling right now. Like you said, the rash of injuries. Just to go down the list, um, it looks like T.Y. Hilton will be out, Funchess will be out, Marlon Mack will be out, Chester Rogers who. It kind of came on late as a wide receiver, just more wide receiver depth. He'll be out too. Um, I don't know about Quentin, Quentin Nelson. I'm assuming, I'm thinking he's going to probably play, but it looks like he might be questionable. Basically, just the whole point is that they have been decimated with injuries, like you said. But even further, their record says they're a 500 football team, but they're also coming off of two consecutive losses. 
Um, they lost to a very good Texans team. There's no shame in that. That Deshaun Watson uh, and that uh, Texans team, they're for real. But then they, they also lost to the Titans. Now, granted, the Titans have been hot, but... You know, I would say in some ways this is probably the absolutely the best time the Bucks could have caught the Colts, uh, and and I would say you know even still with all that we definitely have to be careful. You know, this is not a team to mess around with. You know, they they're a they're a great team, and um, I think when they execute, they can be dangerous. Um, but in, in, at the same time, I like our corners and our linebackers and our safeties versus their depleted receiving core uh, and the running backs. Um, but at the same time, I actually think this game is going to be a lot closer than the last couple of games. Um, you know, I rewatched their game from last week, and listen, they, even though they lost, they really, the score looks like they got blown out or that they didn't really play very well. But they did. It, it, they looked pretty good, especially in the first half. So, you know, which Colts team are we going to see? Can they overcome injuries? That's the question. Um, and yeah. so, you and, know, um, go ahead. Before we move on, um, you were talking about their injuries. You know, let's talk about our injuries real quick because we've been plagued by injuries this last couple of weeks ourselves um you know we all saw jamal or jamal dean go out with an injury and he never came back in he just bruised his shoulder um but he was full participation in practice uh so that's a good key sign that he's probable um of course it's only wednesday so you know come friday we'll have a better idea of his condition but i'm no expert but when we see a guy full participation full participation, full participation, there's a good chance he might play. Um, so we're no experts, but I think he's going to play. So mm-hmm. there, don't, don't fear, you know, don't, don't, don't say, Oh, we're going to lose because Jamal Dean's not going to be in the backfield. He, he is a good, he listen, they hurt a little bit when he wasn't in the backfield, mm-hmm. but they did. I see he, he'll definitely probably have a chance to play this week against the Colts who again is struggling with injuries, even in the wide, wide receiver position. So, um, also, uh, Scotty Miller still out with his hamstring. Chris Godwin, he was on the injury report with a shin injury. So I don't know if that played in a factor last week. Mm-hmm. Um, that was interesting. And then Jameis is on the injury report with his knee. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, Jameis has been, he's been sacked a bunch. He's been hit a bunch. And, um, of course, you know, that, that kind of, it, it goes with the trend that, uh, Bruce Arians, the 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 knock that people have on Bruce Arians is that he gets his quarterbacks kill, <laughs> and uh, so you know. But Jameis is tough. I think he'll he'll of course play, especially with the season. Um, the I mean I would I don't want the destiny our destiny is not in our hands, but we are definitely at the the point where we could win some games here at the end. I'm not saying playoffs. I don't think that's realistic. Playoffs. Uh, I, I would I would Same. I I want to always hope, um, but just kind of the realistic part of me just says, hey, let's just keep winning. And um, and let's learn how to f- close out some of these games. But anyway, back to Chris Godwin. He also has to do a lot of dirty work. You know what I mean? Uh, he's blocking. He's um, he's definitely you know in a much more precarious position than some of the other wide receivers, number two wide receivers in the league. So we'll see. I don't. I, I definitely think we have the advantage as far as the injury report is concerned. You know, the Colts have just. I mean, they've maybe been uh, decimated with injuries more than any other team I've seen. So. Um, you know, going into the game Sunday, I think we've got a really good shot, and I guess that kind of that kind of really leads us right into our predictions pretty well, don't you think? Oh man, I I believe so too. I didn't write mine down, but I'll spit it out, and then we'll make it official, so people can't just be like, "Oh, you didn't do it." Well, let's well, go to last week. Um, yeah, we absolutely. Kind of thought it was going to be a, a shootout. Um, mine. I thought we were going to score a couple more points. We didn't. 
but I said 38-17. I was pretty close, not going to lie, but I was far from it <laughs> by almost 10 points, maybe 14. But still, it was still, um, yeah. So we, I got the W there still, but go ahead, tell them you got the W too. So you I don't... did, and you know what? I was a combined four points off of the actual score. I predicted the Bucks would win thirty-one to ten. Of course, the Bucks won twenty-eight to eleven. So that's pretty good. I mean, I'm circling the mark here. One of these days, I'm gonna get it, and I'm just gonna blow the mic out when I'm yelling, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day. Um, but for now, I guess I will, um, you know, I'll I'll just tuck this win uh, in the pocket and. Uh, We'll move on. How about that? All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's get our predictions in for this week. Uh, you mm-hmm. want to go ahead? Sure. Yeah. I, I have the Bucks winning this game, guys. I think we've got the talent. I think we have, you know, the, the injuries uh, are in our favor. I But I do think it's going to be closer than um, the last two weeks have been. I say the Bucks win 28 to 20. Uh, we win by a possession. And I think that, and I'm predicting this is an additional prediction. I think Vinatieri mm. misses an extra point. I don't. It's it's not far fetched. So it's not far fetched. I'm gonna go it's ahead and wish, wish that uh, he's, been, not, he's been he's been horrible. He's been terrible. This oh, season. come on! Don't 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 I bash Vinatieri like that. I feel that. bad. I feel I, bad. The guy's the guy is probably you know one of the goats, right? But he's had a just a terrible last season. He has, and uh, okay, I'm gonna ask you real quick before I do my prediction. Mm-hmm. Does he retire? Yeah, yeah, he definitely retired. You can't. I, number one, I don't know which team would go for him. But then the second thing is, is you can't trot back out there and really think it's going to get any better the next season. He's got to retire. You just have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, R.I.P. to uh, Vinatieri season there, guys. Uh, we're just gonna <laughs> slam the coffin on that. No. <laughs> all right. So, all right. I thought about it. Here we go. The Bucks are going to lose the game. No. By, by a point. 28-27. I just, I, for some reason, I, three games in our belt. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see it happening, guys. So I'm saying it 28-27 by a heartbreaker. And there goes our playoffs. Yeah. So we'll be eliminated from the playoffs at that point. I'm sorry. I... I've been. I was dreading it all week. I was thinking about it, but uh, it was. It's cringing to come out of my mouth like that. But mm-hmm. I just don't see it. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't see us matching three in a row. I. I think Jacoby Brissett will put it together this week against us in some warmer weather quote-unquote you know <laughs> we've had some you know we've had some cooler weather you know unlike the bayou and atlanta and tennessee where mm-hmm. you've been the last co- yeah. you know the co- past couple weeks it's going to be a little bit warmer so um i think he uh warms up a little bit and uh has himself a day i'm sorry i'm sorry you That's guys okay. can just at me i'll just walk away for the rest of the day you know? <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> no you know what? it's good that we have a little bit of parody here because i need to pull away with my you know how many predictions i've gotten right i think i'm in the lead right now but you know we're not gonna we're not gonna uh you know talk about who's who's winning and who's not so it's it'll be good when i go up another point after the bucks get a win this week don't you think so bucks fans i mean what about who, who is this hater that i have a podcast uh. it's just ridiculous I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, you know, I was trying to be realistic a little bit because I don't don't see it being three in a row. Sorry, yeah. guys. It's all Ugh. good. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so let's just get into some NFL news this week. And um, do you want me to do it? 
Want you me know to touch what? It? You you go ahead and jump in. I need to um, uh, remove the cat, uh, so I will be right back. <laughs> okay. All right. So earlier yesterday, uh, we so sadly lost an NFL coach in our division. Um, Riverboat Ron. Uh, <laughs> Riverboat Ron kind of made his way exit stage left from the the uh, NFC South, mm. so to say. And I don't agree with it at all. I don't. I'm not a fan of the Panthers or anything, but I am just. To me, was not the right move. I don't know what's going on in Carolina for them to think, you know, hey, let's just fire a coach midseason. You're not doing terrible. You're not, you know, you're not the Cowboys right now. You're not, you know, the Washington Redskins. You're not any of these teams who are below 500. You're you're doing all right, but I don't know. That's, <laughs> uh yeah, it was to me. I I felt bad from you know there was a guy that I work with who's a Carolina Panthers fan, and when we I spent like almost in you know I I just when I texted him I said hey I said how do you feel and he texted me back and he goes I don't want to talk oh <laughs> so so I'm just like ooh I'm like ooh I said it does it feel that bad and you called him Riverboat Ron and mm-hmm. it's like. He's on that riverboat now, and uh, I guess Florida State fans are getting super excited now. You know, might start getting those. You know, I don't know, whatever you guys do, the <laughs> tomahawk. You know, oh. well, they're they're tracking flights, right? They're tracking the flights. Yeah, right? yeah. There you go. They're tra- They're trapping. They're making sure. You know, there's a private private airport. You know, about 15 minutes up the road. I haven't seen one here, so I don't know. But <laughs> regardless, it it to me it was weird, and it was weird timing. Uh, even though they came off, they're coming off. Uh, what they lost, right? They can't. Yeah, they're coming they, lost, off a loss. they lost to the Redskins. Uh, it was that uh, was a bad loss. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you, man. I thought it was unceremoni- uh, unceremonious the way it happened. Um, I saw a couple tweets that really kind of hit home. One of them said, "You know, it's kind of a weird day to do it when the players aren't there." It just it the and I mean, it was, it's new ownership and. In a lot of ways, you kind of maybe you could read the tea leaves that this was probably gonna happen. Um, you know, maybe the next domino to fall is Cam. Who knows? Um, but at the same time, I for for as much as uh, the the Panthers, you know, were kind of hit or miss from season to season. Um, R- Ron uh, Rivera had some great years. Um, just an incredible. I was looking back at his record. My goodness, some of those years were amazing. He coached some great football teams, and um, you know he's going to land on his feet. He's going to be if he wants to be a head coach. I think he'll be a head coach somewhere next season. Um, and then I think the one big thing that we should leave this, you know, uh, at least I'll leave my my piece in this conversation is I saw a tweet and it, and it was somebody was saying that you know when they were getting it they were reminiscing about Ron Rivera and they said there was this one time where it the players were all getting together for pictures i think it was on super bowl weekend i can't remember but um and it was a picture of Ron Rivera taking a picture of his players on his personal phone because he wanted a picture of his players and he's like sitting up in the stands they're down on the field it's a cool picture and if you search it i'm sure you'll find it but um that's a true leader uh, who cares about his players 
who wants them to succeed as much as the the, the team success. Uh, and from all accounts, uh, he seems like a great guy. So I think it's sad. Um, but then again, you know, football is a business, and so you kind of thought after the season that they were having and under new new uh, ownership that something like this could happen. It just seems very weird to happen in the middle of a season like this. I and I think that's where everyone's kind of scratching their heads right now. And you know, we're just Bucks fans. I don't. I couldn't imagine what Carolina is going through right now because. It wasn't like they were below 500. They were literally kind of still in a playoff hunt almost for a chance to be in the wild card. And now they're essentially almost tied with us, mm-hmm. so to see, so to speak. So, yeah. all right. Well, that was that was my news. I I kind of when I when I saw that, I was just like, I was like, what? Nah. I know. Well, and we also had some news coming out of the Bucks uh, related to our coach. Um, and this will probably get people riled up. I already saw some comments on our Facebook Live about Jameis and uh, uh, positive and negative. But this, I think this is pretty interesting. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about Jameis. We're going to talk about you know what what this the outlook looks like for the future. Um, but we're going to, at least I'm going to try my best. I don't know about Brandon. Brandon could just go off the handle, man. I'm going to try my best to uh, <laughs> uh, handle this with as much uh, being as fair as possible and being as level-headed as possible. But let me just set the scene. So this is a quote from BA about Jameis. Per Rick Stroud, Um, This is Bruce Arians on whether he would recommend to owners that Jameis Winston return for 2020. This is what he said. I'm going to pass on that one. I'm going to wait till the end of December. There's been really, really good, and there's been some really, really bad. Oh, my goodness. That that's an ominous quote. I mean, you know, to me, that just seems like and, and I understand why he's saying it, but Wow, that's uh, that's definitely a headline, and it's it kind of lends to the discussion about uh, what are the Buccaneers going to do with Jameis Winston. So another thing that I'll do to lay some context, and I'll let you jump in, Brandon, is Greg Allman. You know, he uh, he is uh, one of the, the the pride of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers media, right? Um, love that guy. He put up a Twitter poll, and he said, "Checking this again." How should the Bucks handle quarterback Jameis Winston moving forward after this year? He gave some options. These are the percentages of what people chose. Uh, I actually voted on this. I'm not going to say my which one I voted for, but I did. Um, a multi-year extension, 22% voted for that. Move on with the new QB, 20% voted for that. Still not sure yet, 13% voted for that. And the overwhelming favorite was, excuse me, franchise tag him for 2020 with 45%. So with all that being said, with Jameis Winston having 20 TDs and 20 interceptions, that is just this a loaded conversation. Brandon, where are you landing after taking all of that information in? So I'm not going to change what I said a couple weeks ago. And uh, my opinion is we need – I don't see us drafting a quarterback early, um, but so here we go. We're going to franchise tag him. Um, I don't – that's my opinion and the reason why is i don't he doesn't deserve a multi-year extension worth a couple hundred dollars you know hundred million dollars worth whatever Mm -hmm. he's not worth that right now he's still developing under bruce arians um give him the franchise tag let him develop another year under him let's see what he can do under bruce arians if not you can cut him after that i mean there's no ifs you know ifs ands or about it but then go into the draft and then go out there and pick up a guy who could be like 
um, Tom Brady or like these guys that you see been drafted into these later rounds, later and later rounds, and they've gone out and ball for years and years and years and years. You don't see that anymore. You're like, oh, well, this guy's, you know, Andrew Luck. Look how long he played in the league. Mm-hmm. Robert Griffin III, look how long he played in the league. I mean, granted, he's still a backup, but still, I mean, he's not a starter anymore. Okay, these guys were one and two. We're Now we're now we're, here we are just a few years later. Marcus Mariota is not a starter anymore. And here we are, we're questioning how Jameis is going to be going into the 2020 season. Or 2020 season, sorry. To me, I just feel like it's something that we're going to do is franchise tag them. Uh, Washington did it a couple years ago with their quarterback situation. It worked out for them. They made the playoffs a couple times. Mm-hmm. But now look at them. They're bottom dwelling and the yeah. team's falling apart. And that's going to be a new team regardless. So um, I think my personal opinion, we're going to franchise, franchise tag them. And that's that. I'm not, it's nothing crazy. I don't mm-hmm. see us cutting them. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would probably tend to agree with you. I think. Let me play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, I totally agree with everything you're going to say. So I just want to make it a little bit more interesting. You know, going into the off season, we've got some people that we want to resign. You know, I mean, we've got an elite pass rusher, a budding elite pass rusher, hopefully, um, in Shaq Barrett. Who we got to resign that guy. We got a bunch of people on one year deals. Um, how much of this defensive line can we keep together? How much is gonna? How many? How many of them are gonna walk? Can we afford to keep Sue? Can we afford to keep you know both, you know Shaq Barrett and Carl Nassib? We've got some other pieces. We've got to we've got to resign. We got a lot of bills, you know proverbial bills. We got to pay in this off season, and then we're gonna turn around and, and give a, a hefty um, a sum of money uh, through the franchise tag to James Winston. Does he deserve that? I think that's kind of where some of the argument is on on um, maybe the more uh, pragmatic approach to this offseason. But then, of course, some people just don't trust him. And they said, you know, we've seen five years of this. This isn't going to change. One more year isn't going to help. And so I can see where some people are coming from, maybe who chose the option on Greg Almond's post of like, let's just move on and get a new QB. In, in some ways, we've, we've had some moments this season. I feel like maybe everybody felt a twinge of that after London. Right, maybe maybe a lot of people felt a twinge of that after some of these um, abhorrent, crazy amount of turnover games. Um, James Winston is on click to throw. Well, he's already thrown uh, the most interceptions in his career. He's just adding to it at this point. These last four games. So does does he deserve the franchise tag? That's a conversation worth having. Now, in my personal opinion, not playing devil's advocate anymore, just actually what I think. I think that's probably the best decision for the Bucks organization and team. This next year, guys, Bruce Arians is not a spring chicken. The man is old. Okay, and no offense to sixty-seven-year-olds, but that's pretty old for being a coach. And um, he's also had some health problems. And so I don't imagine that Bruce Arians is is the kind of guy who's like, eh, I'll just wait around. No, he he even said it in the off season. We're reloading, not rebuilding. Now the success of that, we can debate that. But the reality is, is that he doesn't want to wait either. So it kind of puts the Bucks. Bruce Arians, the team, the fans in a weird spot. Because I don't necessarily think Jameis has necessarily done enough, like you said, to deserve a multi-year deal. But also, there's so much talent there, man. Some of the throws he's made over the last couple of weeks, 
have just been elite throws. The one that I saw live to Chris Godwin, that was his best throw of his career, in my opinion. Um, the the one that he, the couple of throws he made to OJ Howard this past week against the Jaguars. He's got the talent. It's just the decision making, and I think I've actually seen some of that decision making get better. And so, me personally. I think it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to blow this up and go for somebody completely different when you're starting to build a core of defensive players and you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin who are in a, a very prime part of their careers. So I say, like you said, give the franchise tag to Jameis. Give him one more year, man. You got to get better. You got to prove that you're you're the Bucks quarterback moving forward. Now, to your point about okay. getting, yeah, yeah. And so I'm agreeing with you. To your point though about okay. getting a later round quarterback. Guess who? was the 6th round, 178th pick um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Gardner Minshew. So it can happen. It can happen. Some of these guys are out there that could at least provide a little bit of competition for Jameis Winston, and if he doesn't work out, we've at least got a backup plan. Yeah, and, you know, you touched on it too. You know, most of our defensive line are all on a one-year deal or already on the end of their deal. So – we got to do something there. So we got to put money in, back into our defensive line. If not, we're losing our defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes to uh, names to lip in my uh, – Dominican Sue. Uh, you know, Via Veda's already got his deal going on right now. Shaq. Um, Shaq Barrett. Uh, Carl, Na- Carl Nassib. You know, those guys. Those guys are like really big holes that you would need to fill. And JPP. We just yeah, reconstructed exactly. his contract. So, you know, that's that's a handful of guys that we lose them. What are you going to fill in? You're going to go out and draft more? You're, you're not going to do that. Who do you, who you, do you got, think Who do you think of those guys that we do resign? Just putting you on the spot. Ooh, Carl Nassib, JPP, Shaq Barrett for sure. Um, Dominican Sue may be on his one-year deal going around the league just trying to – find his way he who knows he might get resigned i so you picked just, all of them <laughs> yeah, I, this is not christmas just, you can't if, just put them all no. on your christmas list okay if but if there was one guy that was what well, is gonna get left out it will probably be a dominican sue mm-hmm. um just for the simple fact i don't think he has um played to the potential of the rest of the guys around him if mm-hmm. that makes sense you know the other guys have balled out versus Mm -hmm. especially um jpp who came back from you know broken neck and sat there and literally dominated Mm -hmm. you know his first couple games back so out of those four guys i would say j or uh sue would be let go or moved on from the bucks versus the other guys i'm with you i think my reasoning for this is a little bit it's a little bit different i would say that you have to sign Shaq. You just you have to. You can't afford to let him go. Um, then the next guy I would try to sign, if you can find a player or a, uh, not a player friendly, a team friendly deal, would be JPP. His leadership ability, his emotional, um, I, he just wants to win so badly. He hates losing so. He he hates losing so much. He, he, I think he hates losing more than anybody else on the football field, either team, and it drives him to elevate the play of everyone else around him he's a true leader he in the in the sense of the the he's quickly becoming um one of the main voices on that defense if not the main voice uh who's leading that as a veteran presence who's been there done there one now being here so i would say Shaq first then him then then i would go for maybe nadama kansu because 
I'm betting that Anthony Nelson could potentially be, you know, the heir apparent to the role that Carl Nassif has. Now, that's all dependent, though, on Anthony Nelson's health. You know, can we see him back on the field? I need to. I would need to see a little bit more of Nelson uh, potentially before you know making that final decision. But um, yeah, they're 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 probably all going to be expensive, maybe except for Carl Nassib. Uh, so you just get you got to make you got to make some uh, some tough decisions. And uh, yeah, um, man, I don't necessarily envy Mike Greenberg and uh, Jason Light in this particular situation. Well, as always, a big thank you to Bucks Report who lets us stream this live. Man, uh, so appreciative of those guys. Uh, awesome page, of course, lots of podcasts. If you don't already check out the other podcasts, I'm sure you do. Please be sure to uh, check it out. And you can find them, of course, on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Beware the Bay and on Facebook at Beware the Bay Podcast. Thank you again, Faithful Bucks fans, and you guys for hanging out with us on Facebook Live. Um, uh, great podcast. We're looking forward to this Sunday, and I'm going to see a Bucks win. I don't know about Brandon, but I'm going to see a Bucks win. <laughs> guys, it's been great. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys next week. Until next time, peace.